Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may have heard that the president of COP28, Sultan Al-Jabbar of the United Arab Emirates in Dubai, got into a bit of an exchange with the former UN Special Envoy for climate change, and Al-Jabbar said, please help me show me the roadmap for a phase-out of fossil fuels that allow for sustainable socioeconomic development unless you want to take the world back into caves. That turned uh, the meeting upside down. And uh, there's a lot more in this story. He went on to say, I don't think you will be able to help solve the climate problems by pointing fingers or contributing to the polarization and the divide that is already happening in the world. Show me the solution. Stop pointing fingers. Stop it. So that's quite the story. And I've put it on my uh, Twitter feed, at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show. So the president of uh, COP28 in Dubai, and we've got 800 people there, Canada does, our delegation, saying uh, phasing out fossil fuels is not the way to go unless we want to go back and live in caves. So there is, as you know, confrontation between the Alberta government and the federal government, and I've spoken with Premier Daniel Smith on this program about this issue, uh, and quite recently, she's in uh, Dubai, And just a few days ago, maybe a week ago, the premier accused the Trudeau government of being lawless. So let's uh, let's get into that. We have two guests. We'll start with Ted Morton. Um, Ted Morton, as many of you know, was an extremely significant player with the Alberta government, former Alberta Minister of Finance, Minister of Sustainable Resource Development, also in 2001, a member of a group of six Albertans, including Stephen Harper, who wrote the so-called firewall letter calling on the Alberta government to use its constitutional powers to reduce the influence the federal government had on the province, including withdrawing from the Canada Pension Plan. Sound familiar? Ted, thank you for for coming on the program. First of all, that that comment from uh, Al Jabber in... In Dubai, that's a mouthful. He's not the first to say it, and a lot of others are going to say it too. The the current climate change uh, policy uh, uh, plan is on a collision course with affordability, uh, particularly for the developing world, but also in places like Canada and the U.S. I mean, affordability has become the number one issue for Canadians. A lot of it's driven by the price of oil and gas and now electricity. Yeah, people are uh, people are hurting economically, and it's being shown and sustained, that argument's being sustained in the polls. So confrontations with the federal government when you were the Alberta Minister of Finance and then the Minister for Sustainable Resource Development appear on first glance to be very similar to what uh, the government of Danielle Smith is facing dealing with Justin Trudeau's liberal government. Is, is it broad brush true or, or even more specific than that? Well, I think what uh, Premier Danielle Smith is doing is... Uh, just uh, the latest version of a long history of Alberta premiers uh, playing offense rather than defense and trying to get a fair deal from Alberta. I could I could uh, ring off uh, two or three examples. I'm happy to if uh, if you want. Sure, where, please. Uh, yeah. Where premiers have uh, well, okay. I'll start. As every all your listeners in Western Canada know, Alberta and Saskatchewan, unlike all the other provinces, didn't get. Uh, 
when we became provinces in 1905, we didn't get uh, control of Crown resources. And we fought for that for 25 years. During the 1920s, the Alberta government, uh, Premier Brownlee, passed uh, several pieces of legislation that taxed companies that were working on Crown lands. And you can't, he knew it was unconstitutional. The courts declared it unconstitutional. But he turned those legal defeats, the defeats in the courts, into political victories because it got the publicity and the focus that, you know, what the heck? Why are Alberta and Saskatchewan not, don't have the same treatment that all the other provinces did? So uh, you can use constitutional challenges. Successful ones are, are good. Uh, I can give you an example of, uh, of Peter Lawhey doing that. But even a loss in court can be an effective strategy because it publicizes, it makes, it brings onto the front page and onto the radio talk shows uh, the discrepant, unfair treatment of, in this case, both Saskatchewan uh, and Alberta. Mm-hmm. We, we've stoke, uh, spoken with Premier Moe on quite a very few occasions about his difficulties and Saskatchewan's challenges of the uh, federal government. That is, as of the 1st of January, he's empowered um, individuals in his uh, government to stop collecting the carbon tax, which is... It's going to make some uh, greater waves than it already has. But, you know, when you talk about the the, the, the um, events that can take place that reverberate across the country, the firewall letter, the so-called firewall letter, which you co-wrote in 2001, as did Stephen Harper. He was part of it. That made, uh, that made waves. And it, whenever you bring it up, it still gets a reaction from people. Well, Roy, uh, when I was fighting for that and campaigning for that, uh, first as a leadership candidate and then still inside of caucus and inside of cabinet in the early 2000s, I was considered, those issues were considered somewhat uh, fringe, if you like. And I I never won. I tried twice and did not win the leadership. But uh, look what's happened 20 years later. Uh, Jason Kenney merged the parties, uh, Wild Rose and the Conservative Party of Alberta, progressive conservative into one party, the UCP. He, uh, he challenged, uh, uh, challenged the uh, transfer equalization program you know, the committee that approved most of the p- firewall, uh, firewall proposals. And now Daniel Smith has taken and has won an election campaigning on the sovereignty act. So the firewall letter has gone from, if you like, kind of the edge or the fringe of Alberta politics to the center of it in 20 years. And, you, you won't be surprised, your listeners won't be surprised, but I, I think that's a very good thing, and I hope that uh, I contributed, you know, laid some sort of foundation for that 20 years ago. So today is an extension of what you experienced, including um, Premier Smith calling the Trudeau government lawless, quote-unquote. Well, I, again, just to give you a more successful example, Peter Law, he challenged the, uh, the part, of, part of the Trudeau National Energy Program was a tax on exported gas. And Lougheed and his uh, justice minister and energy minister uh, put together a very interesting constitutional challenge. They created a, at least a prototype of a, of a Alberta-owned natural gas company that was going to export gas in an Alberta-owned uh, pipeline to, to the U.S. through Montana, took that to the courts, and uh, one level of government can't tax institutions of the other level of government. Supreme Court said that, and they said the... Uh, said the natural gas export tax would be unconstitutional if applied. And he used, in that case, a, a constitutional victory then to go force Trudeau to add uh, Section 92A to the Constitution, why he's greatest legacy, uh, that c- 
confirms, it makes explicit what was implicit already, that provinces have control over the development and management of natural resources. And that was, for, for, for Lahi, that was to ensure we never got another national energy program, not another NEP. But with uh, Trudeau too, we have an NEP too. Instead of a national energy program, it's a national environmental program. So I would suggest that uh, Premier Smith is fighting the same fight that uh, Peter Lougheed fought uh, 40 years ago. So for the benefit... And I think she's going to win because she has allies, not just Saskatchewan. Even though Quebec opposes a lot of Alberta's energy policies because Quebec believes in federalism and provincial rights, Quebec has intervened. Some of those Supreme Court decisions that Alberta has been on the winning side of recently, Quebec was on our side. And uh, you put... That's that's and, and law. He did the same thing in the seventies. So, so Ted, then for everybody listening to this program across this country, let's pull everyone into the circle here. Where's all this headed? Well, I think there's going to have to be a some frank discussions about the trade-offs between Trudeau's proposed energy policies and CO two reductions and basically the cost of living in Canada. It's not just filling up your car with gasoline. The carbon tax has doubled already. It's going to double again before, what, is it 2030? Uh, everything we do uh, in a modern society, every the key components, uh, steel, um, what are they? S- steel, cement, plastics, and uh, ammonia fertilizer, nitrogen fertilizer, are very heavy on use of carbon. Everything that's made with them has become much more expensive, and there, there, are no, there are no affordable replacements for that in anywhere near the near near future. So, as I said, there's going to have to be a uh, a very frank discussion, a public discussion of that, and also a recognition of uh, this is an uncomfortable fact. But Canada only produces 1.5, one and a half percent of global emissions. What we do on CO2 emissions isn't going to make a lot of difference in the world. Uh, but it, it could make a big difference in the standard of living, the affordability of housing, the affordability of fruits and vegetables. The, pla- the This whole thing on uh, plastics. Next time you walk into the store, look at go into the vegetable section. Everything is wrapped in plastic. Plastic keeps things mm-hmm. fresh and, uh, and and less expensive fresh for longer. If you ban plastics, <laughs> watch out for your fresh fruits. Your fresh fruits and vegetables are going to get even more expensive. Uh, particularly during the winter months when so much of it has to come from the U.S. So uh, there's a collision course, and uh, I guess you know what side of the collision I'm on. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 